2: Welcome to the iron woman podcast. I'm Haley Churrett and I'm joined by Alyssa Gadeski. Alyssa, it was a huge, huge weekend of racing. I did not actually race though. I did some
1: cheering, some spectating. Did you race last weekend or, or were you in the spectator boat with me? I was in the spectator boat. This is race week now for me, but I was spectating and getting pumped up for sure. Watching all of the races unfolding this past weekend.
2: Yeah. Oh, I need to hear more about the upcoming race, but before we, got to, we get to upcoming, let's talk about this last weekend because, uh, I'm in Wisconsin, a race that you are very, very fond of. It looked like it had some, uh, some, some great weather. <laughs> yeah. It looked like mean- quite
1: a day out there for sure. I think like a hurricane or something was moving through and they had wind, they had cold temperatures and they had a lot of rain. It looked like, so good on everyone who even just started, I think the you know, like starting a race in bad weather, like when you wake up and it's just raining and you know, it's not going to get better throughout the day. That's a really, really hard thing to do. Um, and it's scary. Like you don't know, do I have the gear? Do I have, you know, all these questions are in your mind. So really brave to even start a race like that, I think. And I, I do mean that. I think that's like really good to everyone who gave it a shot. And I mean, yeah, sometimes it, it might, you might find out you don't have the right gear. Like I found out at Barkley, I didn't have the right gear for the rain and the cold that day. Right. So I totally get how that can happen. And, um, but there was a lot of good performances too. Maybe some people are out there thinking every Ironman they should do in hurricane conditions because there was some good racing within that.
2: Yeah. We had a cold front, uh, come through here in Bozeman, Montana and so I'm uh further west, and so I can only imagine that cold front moved moved east, and then they got a lot of moisture in Madison. But uh, incredible racing, like you said, Chloe Lane took the win there, Australian. She was actually just in Tremblant three weeks ago, so this is the second time I know of that I can think of off the top of my head where someone who raced Tremblant then won Ironman Wisconsin. I think mm-hmm. Jackie Herring did it in 2013. So some people that three week, um, three week, you know, little jump there does seem to work. So congrats to Chloe, Jess Smith, uh, who we had on the podcast, I think was that earlier this year. Yeah. Jess Smith. It was so. like sometime over early in the year. Um, she had a great race finished second. And I was excited for her because I think when we talked to her, we were kind of getting a preview on Des Moines, um, because she lives in Des Moines, Iowa, and they had that new Ironman in Des Moines, North American championship. She was prepping for that. And then, uh, I think she got COVID and wasn't able to race in Des Moines. And so but what about some redemption i'm like oh my goodness coming in podium second place in wisconsin you know a little bit later so that obviously she came back to full form and big you know congrats to her and then mel McQuaid, canadian rounding out that podium there i think i think i saw the post Mel is now 49 years old and still on an Ironman podium. That is awesome. So, um, but again, like you said, congrats to to all the women who and men. We'll congratulate the men as well because when when the weather's that bad, we
1: congratulate you all. <laughs> and Haley, there was also good racing going down in Santa Cruz and the Feisty team had a very feisty pro female who exuded feistiness, I heard as she <laughs> How many times can What's... I say feisty? I? <laughs> so I'm spoiling it. Sorry. But we did want to say a huge congratulations to Ella, who is ninth pro. This is her pro debut, right? In Santa Cruz. well, 70. her middle three. distance. Middle, middle distance. distance. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, 70. Yeah. Okay. Point, it was yeah. her first 70.3. Yeah. Ella is our, our producer. So.
2: And she producer. crushed
1: Yeah. And we, yeah, it was very exciting to see that name going through the ranks on the tracker. So congrats Ella. And we look forward to hearing about it. Hopefully on an episode of iron women that comes up sooner than later. <laughs> yeah.
2: I just, I hope she, uh, had a good time. So we'll hopefully see her. She's done a lot of short course racing. Right. So this was, uh, first 70.3, but obviously went well. And then Sarah Crowley, obviously in shape, in form for headed into Kona. Uh had a great day there in Santa Cruz. One Miranda Carfrey second, who's also, I believe, racing Kona. Pamela Oliveira, third, also getting ready for Kona. So I mean, definitely people are are ready. You know, they are feeling good. They're putting together some fast races. And um that's exciting because uh, like we mentioned, there's there's some races coming up. Um PTO. US open in Dallas. Like this is, you know, this coming up the big one, the big one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people are using it as Kona prep, but it's a ton of money. Um, you know, it's like a million dollar prize purse. Uh, I think a hundred grand first pays down to 40th. I mean, this is incredible, a great opportunity and hundred K distance. We saw the race in Edmonton earlier this year. So this is happening in the U S in Dallas in Irving, Texas. And, Uh, I mean, the star studded, uh, roster women's race is happening on Saturday, the 17th, September 17th at 1130 AM central time. Do I have that right?
1: Yeah. 1130 central, 1230 Eastern and 930 AM Pacific. You can watch it. But what, about, the... what about us in the, in this mountain? Oh yeah, the mountain. <laughs> I forgot about those. <laughs> Me, I forgot. It's rare, rare. I forget about the mountains, but. 1030. Um,
2: 1030,
1: 1030, 1030 mountain time. I'll do that now. You. Time. <laughs> and you can watch it on the PTO plus app. There are going to be a lot of athletes. I feel like in their Kona prep, but there's also a lot of athletes who are targeting these because the prize purse is so, so good. Um and yeah, pretty it will be fun to watch. It's always fun to watch right. these things. I mean but i won't be yeah, I won't be able to watch, but I'll have to watch the replay or something on the app. I think you can do that because this is like I'm gonna be on Pacific time and my race doesn't end till like 2 p.m. I think or 12, 12, 12 or 2. So you
2: can do it while you while you recover or if you have like a recovery spin next week. Um for Duffy racing Olympic champion. You know, we saw her kind of do that middle distance sort of not debut, but uh She's done a 70.3, but, you know, just getting more into this middle distance racing at the Collins cup, Taylor nib is returned. She skipped the Collins cup. So she is, uh, going to be there at, in Dallas, as well as, uh, Ash gentle who won in Edmonton Paula Finley, who was second in Edmonton. And then like we mentioned, some of those Kona prep athletes, Lucy, Charles, Barclay, Kat Matthews. And then, you know, we have, there's some new names. Like if you go down the list, it's pretty cool. There's some new names, definitely like younger athletes who are are in there, who are going to get some experience and, I am going to be watching and loving it, I'm sure. Um, But PTO Plus app is is a great way to watch it. And then there is a separate app. I think we talked about this for the Collins Cup, like a tracking app. So I think you kind of need both. Um, So like one, the PTO Plus app will have like live streaming, which is fun. But then sometimes I want to see splits, right? Like I want to know how fast they're going. And that's where that uh, tracker app kind of comes in handy to like actually see like real splits. Because even when you're watching on TV, everything looks closer, or further apart. It's like real life, but, um, Alyssa, wait, where are you racing in California? West coast. I'm assuming California, I guess, uh, what's happening.
1: Yeah. Haley, I'm headed to us adventure racing national championships. It's, um, out of Bishop, oh, Bishop I, remember California, so, I remember when you qualified, I remember when you qualified, I can't believe it's already here, already here, which is good. Cause we don't want it to get too much later because those nighttime temperatures at 11,000 feet in mammoth are just not getting any warmer as the year goes on. So um, I'm looking for, I've actually never been to Bishop. I've never been to Mammoth. I have seen photos. It's like a gorgeous, gorgeous place. Um, and I cannot wait to get there and race. And yeah, it's, um, the teams, it's three person teams who go race. You have to have one female on your team. And so my team is, you could have it any mix of people, but you have to have, no, that's not, I take it back. Haley, I'm wrong. You can, the premier division of the nationals is the mixed co-ed division. So you'd have to be a co-ed team, um, three person. So it's always three person in this race, but there will be all female teams racing. Abby Perkins is racing on an all women's team that is stacked. If I do say so myself, I'm excited to see what they can do there. Um, there's also all male teams racing, but I will be in the co-ed division, um, racing with Matt, my boyfriend and our friend will, and we're excited. We're headed out soon so okay you said you might be done by 2 30
2: on saturday 2 30 pacific on saturday um so what is the timeline what kind of events like other mystery ones is it um you know or do you know do you know which bike to pack that kind of thing
1: it's a 30 hour race and it starts friday morning i think at like 7 a.m so um goes until saturday yeah like one two something like that um and we will be doing trekking we will be doing mountain biking. We will be doing paddling. Um, they have said there could be an optional swim section, which I'm really excited Ooh, for. Uh, I know. So I'm a cold, nice cold and, swimming. I know. But... I'm hoping it's like at least 500 meters, though, right? To like maximize my strengths as a triathlete. So but I Jared bet, is believe. um racing too. So hopefully i get to oh, like no maybe way. this is like my chance to race him in the water. That'd be really humbling. But um <laughs> that's olympian uh, jared schumacher
2: but uh um, yeah. shoemaker schumacher schumacher we haven't never decided, maybe i'll have him ask him in california but <laughs> you should definitely ask him um I, I you know i love the i love the triathlon to adventure racing crossover so i support both of you but i do think that would be fun you know anything that's something it's like it's fun to like to, to show off your prowess
1: there yeah like, i worked hard for this it is cold though so hopefully it's yeah i don't know but anyway should be really fun we're looking forward to it i am excited to tell everyone about it um next week and yeah it'll be it'll be a good time best oh. of love national championship that's a big deal it is yeah a lot on the line you gotta risk it for the biscuit as matt keeps telling me about every decision we're making <laughs> Mm. Um, but Haley, we are not doing a mailbag segment today because we're saving our mailbags if our devoted listeners remember for a mailbag episode coming up after Kona and or Kona week Kona week. Yeah. So the day of Kona, it's the day of, of Kona, October 6th, <laughs> if you are because like needing we'll be, to I'll be pass, busy that day, yeah, pass so. some time. Well, um, Haley will be very busy that day. So anyway, we're doing a mailbag episode in a few weeks and send us your mailbag questions. IronWomenPodcast at gmail.com IronWomenPodcast at gmail.com. We have some good ones coming in. We're really looking forward to that. So yeah, send us your questions. Yeah. Um, oh wait,
2: do I get to do a Kona
1: Workout of the workout week. Workout of the week.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we have almost forgotten that our new segment. There's only a few more weeks. Of, yeah, you gotta, we training. gotta take
1: advantage of this.
2: Okay. Is it bad? Do you think if I do a run, another run? I know I did a run last week, but I, I this is no because
1: you, ha- you should be running a good bit if you're getting ready for Kona people, so you can yeah. never have too many run workouts. So let's This hear is it. just my most interesting story. But uh,
2: as you mentioned, there was a lot of racing this past weekend and uh, I did do some spectating at the Bozeman marathon and half marathon, because I had some athletes racing there. And so that was uh, Sunday morning. So, and this was like, not the easiest spectating it's two point to point courses. And, um, you know, I, so like, you know, the start line for the marathon is like 26 miles away. And I got some help from my dad, so like drove out to one part and then drove in, and then I had a bike in the back of the car, and so then I got out and I biked back and forth. Like, I was cheering for people both in the marathon and the half marathon. It was a lot. It was a lot. There was like sprinting. I made it. It was amazing. I got some cheers in. I had so much fun. Um, It was actually like really cool. And then, but then when it was all over, like I still needed to go do my own run. And so you think like, okay, I'm pretty inspired, but. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I need to go do a treadmill run and I'm not someone who like looks at workouts ahead of time. So I just get to there. I get to the gym, get to the treadmill. Wait, get, so like- you
1: arrive at the gym without knowing exactly what your session is going to be. Like, do you have a general idea yeah. or no, it's like a, it's just like, how I know do you it's know a how treadmill many snacks to bring. How do you know if you should be I always have fan?
2: snacks. I will bring, I never am a shortage of, I always have snacks. I always okay. bring a fan. I how have bottles, I guess. You probably know. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, I knew it was a, I knew, I knew it was like around an hour. Like okay. I was like, I, I kind of had looked at it and it was treadmill around an hour. So I assume it's pretty hard. Like I assume that I have made a mistake once when I saw I was only 35 minutes and I didn't bring a fan. Cause I'm like, Oh, whatever. And I died. It was one of the hardest runs I've ever done my whole life. Only oh. a 35 minute run. Wow. So that is the one thing. Like, even if I see, I'll usually see the time and all that. And I don't underestimate like, or, you know, I'll always snacks, fluids, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't like to look at my workout till I'm like standing Whoa. on the toilet. I
1: like to wear, like, if I know it's really hard, I'll wear, like, my lucky shorts and stuff or, like, my lucky sports bra. Like, <laughs> so I would have to, like, yeah. plan my outfit accordingly. If I knew it was going to be really hard, I'd have to give myself every you... opportunity. I mean, I just assume it's going to be hard. Like, if
2: I wore my lucky stuff and then I looked and I was like, oh, it's not that hard, then I would be, like, a waste of my lucky stuff. No, <laughs> True. I guess. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> okay. I just assume. I assumed it would be hard. And it was. I mean, okay, so this, this, I, and this is like the thing I was, you know, it was like 1230, which isn't that late to get to the gym and get everything set up. But it's kind of late when you've been up since like five, something like to be out there cheering. And I, you know, just, there's a lot of like emotional, like anxiety and just, you know, that kind of fatigue. And also I am a cheerer who like was worried about, I was really hungry. I had done a big ride the day before. So I'd eaten a lot while cheering. And um, drink a lot and all that. And so <laughs> I was not setting myself up like super well for this run, but I was like, okay, I'm feeling good. And Alyssa, so it basically was, um, three by my my set, my main set, um, I did a warm up, and then the main set was like basically three by twelve minutes. And but they were like descending. It was like descending, uh, like nine minutes basically descending to 70, from 70.3 pace to like a little faster than 70.3 pace. And then finishing with three minutes at Ironman pace.
1: Whoa. So like, you're
2: going faster and then you kind of get to back off. Right. And then, um, like two minutes rest. So it's like short rest. So I like get like, probably like seven, eight minutes in and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Like, this is not a session that like normally, I may be challenging, but like, I can usually like run a session like this, like pretty. Okay. And it was like, I was ending up with like two minutes, like my last two minutes of that first nine was like at six minute pace. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I was like, I'm so tired. I um, my stomach does not feel good. Like everything feels terrible. Like this shouldn't feel this bad. And I was like, I really wanted to stop, like really, really wanted to stop, which isn't like, eh, it's not abnormal. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, it happens. I'm human. Um, and is like hard and everything, but it was like, not on a session like this. Like I was excited for it. And I'm like, I just watched all these people run so fast. Like, come on, get it together. And so I didn't stop. I held on, I will say that I did have to make two bathroom breaks, but I made them during rest intervals because again, I had eaten a lot (laughs) and, you know, not necessarily stuff I should have been eating before a run. Um, but you know, I was really proud of myself for, for how I kind of held on. And I will say that I, um, you know, I told myself, I sometimes I'll tell myself like when I'm having those moments where like, it's really, really hard, I'll be like, I have to respect the version of myself who already did eight minutes of this workout because like, otherwise those eight minutes just go away. I mean, they don't just go away. They count, but I'm like, I don't want to have to redo those eight minutes. I'm like my eight minute ago self did it. Like, let's just finish it off. Like it's going to be done, you know, in 40 minutes, you're gonna be totally done with this whole workout. And I'm like, just hang on, just hang on. And granted, I was just not feeling great. I wasn't hurt. I wasn't like in any major distress, but I will also say the other thing I did on the third one, I was like, my, I'll also try to think about form and I'm like trying to keep my form good. And like, you know, just be like, just think about good form, that kind of thing. And I, my form was so bad. And I was
1: like, sometimes when I, I'm on the treadmill and I have to run really fast, I think about like trying to become as light as possible and being like, just let your foot just like touch the belt. And then the belt like moves it for, you know? And I like picture myself just like trying to like, yeah, not even have to like, was, I like fool myself into thinking that I don't even have to like move my legs as long as they hit the belt.
2: Yeah. That was not me. I was just yeah. Cause normally I'm like, just be like form cadence, like that kind of thing. And I was like, so, I was like, Oh my God, I probably look like Lionel Sanders right now. That was my thought. And I was like, Hey, but Lionel looks like that and still runs really fast. And like, we've watched him have so many sprint finishes and I'm like, you know what? You can still do this. Like just pretend you're Lionel. And again, I love Lionel. I think he's great. I mean, I was very inspired by that. So I was like, you know, I didn't look good. And Oh, here's the other part. I forgot to tell you. I forgot my headphones. Oh no. So, and this, yeah. yeah. So I was doing all this with no headphones, like no music. And it's like, not like there's ambient music playing this gym either it's like, I could just hear the man next to me on this treadmill, like grunting. And I'm like a, I'm definitely hypocritical in that because I make some like major noises when I'm running, but I'm like, I don't like other people's noises. And so it was like, I'm so proud of this run. It was so ugly. It was so bad, but I held on, I got it done. And, um, you know, I'm really proud of that. And then I will say, I'm really glad I didn't put it off because I woke up this morning and I felt even worse. So I'm <laughs> glad I didn't have that on my schedule today. So well, probably I mean, because you like- did the
1: spectating and then you did the hard run, right? So now you're, yes, yeah, yeah, that's
2: like, weird. Feel like I think yeah. I like, I don't know, I did something in my neck while sleeping. Uh-oh. So We're getting old. Um, I, yeah, I definitely, I mean, that's just like, I don't know if that's a lesson to me or a lesson to other people or if anyone even enjoys the story at all, but I felt like I learned. It was like sometimes you just got to like find a way to get yourself through it and. Putting it off till tomorrow doesn't mean that you're going to feel better tomorrow. You might feel worse. So just get it done.
1: Very true. Very true. Hard is hard, whether it's today or tomorrow.
2: But anyway, there's my wonderful kind of story about
1: Kona training. I like (laughs) it. And I think you're going to be thinking about that. Yeah. Like now you have that in the bank. You can be thinking of that as you are on the Queen K, as you're on E. you're going to be like, this is still better than listening to that man's grunting. So here we go. (laughs)
2: I know exactly. There is, there is, I don't think it's like you don't want to go to the well every single day necessarily, but there is some some, you know, value in having those days that things are just going wrong and then you still figure things out because often on race day, that's how it goes. But um, thank you for listening to my story and congrats again to everyone who raced this past weekend. So much good racing. I was inspired, even if it didn't look like it, if you happen to be at the gym that day. <laughs> I was inspired.
1: And Haley, we do, should we go into our interview? Kona's coming yes. up fast, but we do have a few women for everyone in these next couple of weeks, weeks um, who are, aside from our host, Haley, of course, who will be giving us insight into Kona and their race this year. And first up this week, we have Dimity Lee Duke, and she's heading to Kona this year, which is her fir- fourth appearance there. So she is a true Jill of all trades. She races all over the world from Xterra to Ironman distance and is clearly smashing them all. She got herself to Kona for the fourth time. So that's incredible. We talked to Dimity Lee just after Ironman Germany. So this is a couple months now, gosh, time flies, um, old where she was on the podium there and she was just coming off a string of races, including a win at the half distance in challenge Korea. She also shares with us insight about her training in Thailand, her development and longevity in sport and how she just keeps getting faster. So Our chat with Dimity Lee will be up next after a word from our sponsors. Hi, Dimity. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, it's a bit of a a new thing for me. So yeah, uh, thanks for the opportunity and looking forward to having a chat.
1: So about a month ago, you were on the podium at Ironman Germany in Frankfurt, I believe, which was actually your third race in a four-week period. So that included two half iron distances at challenge korea which you won ironman 70.3 luxembourg where you were fifth and so and then you topped it off with third place at ironman frankfurt so i imagine after a block of racing that recovery is kind of top priority like that so is that true is that what
0: these past few weeks have been about for you um believe it or not no i uh i i so obviously Ironman and Frankfurt was my focus, uh, Korea and Luxembourg were sort of leading events and yeah, just by chance. I had a good, good race in Korea and yeah, had a good race in Luxembourg and then, um, got to Frankfurt and had, yeah, what I would call a decent race, but no, we, um, we don't stop training too much here. And, uh, with the coaching, I I sort of pretty much uh, got back into it straight away. Um, I recovered up, you know recovered really well and uh yeah i was back running and not the next day but two days later and yeah i've I've just had probably i say a week off like an easier week um just last week with traveling back from germany to phuket with the time difference and time zone training and things like that but yeah we uh we sort of use it as like a build leading into hopefully kona and um obviously it's happened and uh yeah here we go so now the real the real training starts
2: and so you have Kona coming up in October. Will you race like some of these kind of lead up races leading into Kona? Is this like doing a couple of 70.3s before an Ironman? Is that a, like racing training strategy you usually use?
0: Um, yeah, I've always been one to race a lot. Um, and sometimes my coach has not really, uh, hasn't really sort of advocated it too much, but I find that I get a lot out of racing um in preparation for a races I guess you could call it but uh yeah actually now um back in Phuket and back in the Asian region there's actually no races here so I'm really just going to be focusing on Kona and Saint George I've got a few little half marathons um to do but that's really just just to keep me interested in the next few months it's it's nothing really um so yeah it's going to be a little bit different heading into to Kona this time um but I think it'll be a good thing for me um something different and uh, I've got a good network and good training base here so yeah looking forward to it and you have raced
1: the world championships in Kona three times placing 20th in 2015 17th in 2016 and 25th in 2017 20- 17 I think I said those years right yeah, so, something like that, yeah um what have you learned from those years there you know experience seems to be king on the big island so like what have you learned from those years that you're taking into this year's race
0: um it's a long time ago actually so it's been a lot of ha- lots of things have happened to me personally since then I think um as you get older and you mature you sort of look at your training and your right race dynamics and, you know, like always try to improve. But um, I think, you know, honestly the, the races in Kona that I've had haven't been good. And I, I think most, you know, you talk to a lot of athletes and they always say that they don't have good races in Kona. Um, but I think um, for me, it's just mental. It's just, it's really, um, not thinking about being on the world stage too much, just really doing my own thing and focusing on what I can do. I think that will make me a, have a better outcome at the end of the day. Um, and that's been my biggest problem, I think, going there. Because I, um, as you guys know, I'm based in Phuket. Most of the time I train in the heat. Um, so that's not a problem for me. Um, and I and I train a lot. And, um, yeah, so i just got to get there with a better mental attitude, I think do you have
1: any strategies for that race week? Like keeping yourself kind of like not, you know, do you do less press that week or like, will you stay by yourself away from the pier? You know, like, do you have <laughs> anything that you're doing to be like, maybe this will help me like, you know, not have the pressure full on that week. Cause it is like a very intense week going into that. Race. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, the last couple of times that I went to Kona, I was there on my own. So I was able to do my own thing. And, um, whether I'm fortunate or not, I'm not a professional athlete that has a lot of obligations. I guess you could say. So I don't, I don't. All in the past, I haven't had to to go to events or be at the expo or whatever. Um, I think the biggest thing, as I said, for me is just getting getting into the right time zone and just being confident in my ability. I know what to do. I've done enough Ironman events over the years, more than I can count. Um, it's really And I've raced at world level on a number of occasions, not just in triathlon, but in other sporting endeavors as well. So I've just got to put my mind to the game and just, you know, be be confident in my ability really.
2: And you you alluded to that five-year gap between the last time you raced in Kona 2017 and this year, and, you know, you alluded to changes in your life but also like changes in everyone's life I mean we've gone through a lot Kona didn't even happen the last two years so how do you like what do you think about that like going back after a five-year gap after so much has changed in the world do you think you'll have like a different
0: appreciation for getting to be a part of that race Almost oh, definitely like um as you believe yeah as you've just said that a lot of people and and including myself I've had a lot of a lot of challenges over the last two years. Um, not with tri- triathlon so much, um, more in my family life. Um, my father was diagnosed with leukemia in March last year, and I was stuck out of the country of Australia and couldn't get home to see him until March this year. Um, and so that put a huge perspective on life and you know, the you gotta take each day as it comes and and all those sort of things. And you know, I've We've also had, you know, I've had friends die and, you know, there's been other things as well, not just that. And I also got really sick last year. Um, so for me, it's been a factory reset in in all honesty. It's been, it's gone, oh my gosh, you know, not just COVID, but all the things that have happened to me I go, you know what, just got to take the opportunity and just be humble and grateful that you're there and just see what happens, you know, like what will be, will be. If you put the work in, um you know you'll reap the awards, whether that's a top 10, a top 20, top 5 doesn't matter. You got to be grateful like you know at the end so you know that's that's how I'm taking it this time.
1: And looking at your going back to kind of the races you did this year, you raced in Korea and you are no stranger to racing in Asia because you are based out of Phuket like you said in Thailand and I, but I don't think you had raced in Korea before, so you know what were your impressions of racing there? Is that a race people should be putting on their
0: lists? Yeah, for sure. Um, Belinda Granger actually approached me about that race because I sort of reached out to her earlier this year to just to question why Ironman and Challenge aren't um, haven't got any pro racing in, in the Asian region, like, you know, the last, before COVID, you know, like I was racing the Philippines a lot in Vietnam and Malaysia and so what. And, uh, yeah, like obviously she couldn't give me an answer. She's not the, you know, the owners of these organizations, but she sort of just reached out to me and said, look, there's a racing career. We'd like to get some pros there. Do you want to go? So, um, there was a few hoops to jump to get there. Like there was still some entry requirements. And uh, I think a few girls got knocked back in the end, like at the last minute, because they didn't have the right paperwork. But yeah, um, the Korean people are lovely. Um, the course was very safe um, and they were very accommodating, but you know, willing to in- encourage the event. And um, they put on a good show. It was a small, it was a small field like the pros and for age groupers, but They're looking forward to having it as a, I think it's a championship event next year. So, yeah, I would um, be putting it, you know, on people's lists for sure as a race to go to. Um, Easy access. You just fly to Intran Airport and uh, it's a couple of hours drive to the race venue. So, yeah, um, definitely something to think about. Dimity, you had a, you've alluded again to
2: those, uh, those, that those rough times the last couple of years for everyone, but did you have an injury as well? I think there were a couple of races that you did and, um, it looked like maybe you didn't go onto the run or was that just related to the race or was that like a a specific, like training tactic to just do the swim and bike? Uh,
0: was this last year you sort of, or 2019? Yeah. 2019,
2: 2020, or I guess not much racing in
0: 2020, but, um, um I've had, I've had my issues. Like, um, I would say I haven't had any huge major injuries, but I've had some health issues. And, uh, late last year, I went to do challenge Roth and, uh, had to pull out, um, very early because, um, we don't really know the reason, real reason why, whether it's to do with just my own personal health or the COVID vaccines, but I had problems with my heart rate and, uh, Then found out that I had low iron so that put me on the back burner with a couple of races last year um, and obviously didn't finish or if I did finish, it was very slow. Um, So, and then I got really sick when I came back um, to Phuket and was in hospital with a bacterial infection called leptospirosis um with two days in ICU in kidney failure so (laughs) that's probably yeah I've as I said I've had a pretty big factory reset in the last uh 12 months I guess you could say um but before that yeah I did have some off races like before COVID and whether as I said it's all interlinked and I had this underlying health issue I'm not sure couldn't tell you couldn't give you an answer did you or do you take like an iron
2: supplement were you able to like was that able to help with that those like ferritin levels um, i feel like that's the fairly common common thing we hear with uh you know women in endurance sports
0: yeah um i am on on supplements now under a, obviously under the doctor's recommendations um but, yeah, I, I don't know. We just don't know whether it's just been, been an underlying thing for a number of years um, or, or what. It's all sort of happened, as I said, in this period of having my COVID vaccine. So like I said, I can't, I can't really, even for me as a, from a medical point of view, working in the medical industry as well, as I, I don't really know what caused it. Um, and as I said, whether it's just due to endurance athletes, you, you age and change um, biologically a little bit. I'm not sure, but yeah, I am on tablets now um, and it seems to be keeping things at bay, but I have to be you know, mindful that I get tested regularly. And what about the mental side of coming back from that stuff?
1: Like, you know, I think a lot of athletes, you know, a lot of times it's like a physical thing, like a stress fracture or something like that. And then as you build back, right, it's always in the back of your mind. Like, is that what I'm feeling now? Is that what I'm feeling now? Like I feel this twinge. Right. And so I imagine with this, it's something similar, like your heart rate you know um just like a pain or something kind of internally what we put ourselves through for training for this kind of racing right is tough so do you have any tips for you know an athlete who might be coming back from some injury or health problems and is working on that mental side to let themselves continue training and and work through that build process again
0: um, I think the biggest thing for me is is trying to be open to people with my frustrations or my 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 personal issues, and sometimes I've found that in the past really hard to to speak up. Um, and so I have a close network of friends. I'm not saying I'm going to talk to everyone about my problems, but there's a couple of people in my life that um, I've been open to, and I think that's taken a load off things, um, especially when yeah I was sick and my father was sick and I couldn't get home and all that in combination was really difficult for me and yeah like talking online or talking to you like through through a computer is not the same so um yeah I was very fortunate that I do have a lot of people on my side that have helped me get through those mental hurdles um I think too um also you know like it, it has been frustrating it has been really hard but I've just had to think about, you know, yeah, the positive side of things that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and things can only get better and you've got to be patient and, uh, you know, just keep working day in, day out on small details. And I think that's, what's helped me get back to where I am today.
2: And Dimini, you've been racing as a pro since I think 2013 and I mean, during that time you've qualified for Kona four times, you've had some, you know, really, really good results and really, really consistent results, despite having, you know, ups and downs that you've talked about. So what do you credit that, you know, ability to stay in the Because we have, we've seen the sport change. People have gotten faster and sponsorship models have changed and, you know, social media has changed things a lot. So how have you kept yourself in the mix? through F, all of that
0: <laughs> um i think it's just the love of the sport or the love of the not so much even the sport just the love of my life like the my lifestyle and and what i want like um i'm always driven i've always said to myself the day that i wake up not wanting to do triathlon is the day i quit and i've never had that feeling or that urge to not go to training or not to show up to sessions or not to challenge myself one way or another. And as I said, like I've had, I've not just been in triathlon, I've played basketball at a national and state level and also raced motorbikes at a state and a national level. And any sport that I've done, you've always going to have problems. You're never going to have a perfect trajectory. And even in life, you you can look at shares or the stock market. You're not going to have a perfect upward Trends, you know so you're going to have these ups and downs and you just got to ride them and um and, and and as I said like you got to be happy with what you're doing I don't see I don't see this as a job you know it's not a well-paid job but um it's a it's an enjoyable one and, and it's what makes me happy so I think that's the biggest thing at the end of the day um is doing what you love
1: and if we were going to ask you about training specifically, like, can you pinpoint or put your finger on things that are different now than they were in 2013, 2014 timeframe, you know, as we've Haley and I have been in the sport that long too. And it's, you know, I talk about it frequently that it's like, man, my body is not the same as it was back then and things have to change. So have you, you know, approached the physical training side differently?
0: Yeah, I think you're a little bit naive when you start any sport, you know, like you, just, you come in as an unknown, but you've just got you to keep learning. Like every day, even now, I'm conti- continuously learning. You know, I'm at a level, yeah, that I'm a professional athlete and I'm still driven to, to look at my training profile and go, okay, this week I need to focus on this or focus on that. Um, but, you know, yeah, when I first started, I had no idea. (laughs) I, I, I really just went, Oh yeah, I I like this Ironman thing. I'm just going to go and swim 4k run 30 and ride 180 every week and just see what happens. You know, like it's none of that now it's sort of like learning the system and the body and the dynamic on how to train properly and, and what each day and each session accounts to, you know, from a biological perspective, point of view like what does it mean what is it doing to your body and and then also all the finer details not just the swim bike run training but sleeping eating chiropractor appointments physio appointments massages you know recovery boots whatever you know like it's it's a 24 hour seven day a week thing um, that I'm constantly thinking about
2: and how did you go from basketball and motorbikes to <laughs> on? Like, I don't know if I even know this story.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've played basketball until about 24, as I said, at a state and national level. And when I was 16, I tore my anterior cruciate ligament in my knee. And at that time too, I was being scouted to go get a scholarship, play for the Institute of Sport, come to America and, you know, go to college and all that sort of phase of But um, obviously the injury put a you know stop on things for a few years so made a comeback still played at a state and national level and then was just getting too injured um and obviously had to retire because I was just breaking myself basically so just through the whole process of the rehab I I learned how to swim bike run I was always a runner I, I enjoyed running as um as my off training and like I did athletics and all that sort of stuff, um, but biking and swimming is what I had to start up because of my knee injury, um, to keep things strong and 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 obviously to get some cardiovascular fitness. And then um, the motorbike racing sort of came in from a very young age. I'm from the country. Um, all my cousins are boys, and they all had motorbikes, and I had a motorbike. And then when I was 18 and had enough money, I bought my motocross bike and started motocross racing and Played basketball at the same time and then sort of transitioned to motocross and in off-road enduro motorbike racing at a, at a state and national level was sponsored by Yamaha. And uh, through that, got into triathlon purely for an offside sport and training sort of mechanism because of you couldn't race, you couldn't ride your motorbike all the time. Too much of a risk of injury costs too much money. Um, and it's also a winter sport. And uh, that's how I got into triathlon, started triathlon because I was bored in the summer and it all just led from one thing to another. And then I was told I was good at it. And then they just, I got into, got into the pro side by, because I was bored as an age grouper. I started winning age group races and thought, no, this is boring. (laughs) Got to to step up. So now I'm at that level where um, pro racing, I haven't, yeah, haven't won an Ironman, haven't done well at Kona. So I've got still got goals to achieve
1: and so I just want to get make sure I get this right so motorbike racing enduro style is like downhill motorbike racing
0: no no it's uh so motocross is like on a like a track like okay track with jumps and things man-made jumps okay and it grows through the bush so you or through the forest don't okay because enduro for so ride- mountain
1: bike I think is downhill right so I think is that why
0: maybe yeah um, injury can be injury can be downhill um, mountain bike can be downhill but you can also ride mountain bikes cross-country right. so it would be like a cross-country version of motorbikes if that makes sense
1: okay do you feel like yeah. that has that was an easy transition to like pedal bikes then and like bike handling skills do you look for yeah, technical but, yeah. stuff on the bike to race yeah
0: yeah sure like so in the off season when I'm back in Australia I um, ride my mo- mountain bike a lot now it's it's I do races, mountain bike races and stuff as well, just to keep the fitness um, and definitely yeah, moves over to TT racing or bike racing on the road for sure.
1: And I think um, I that was a little tangent, but I did want to ask kind of towards the end of that story. So as you're getting more serious in triathlon, I think you had also like a full-time kind of professional career and you had to figure out first of all I think that was pretty unconventional so I'd love to hear more about that but then you know we love sharing stories too with our listeners about making the leap to give up that full-time career and go in on sport full-time and if you it's it's a different world than it was when you know we did it but you know any kind of advice or looking back what you would have told yourself then I think if you could share that would be great
0: um yeah so i'm i've from my academic point of view career i'm a registered nurse and industrial paramedic and i worked um in the emergency area and intensive care area but uh for seven years prior to coming into triathlon as a professional i was working in the mining industry as an industrial paramedic meaning i was flying to work for two to three weeks at a time working 12-hour shifts and then being on call for 12 hours so technically working three weeks straight and um, and looking after mining workers in the remote areas of Western Australia. So I would fly two to three hours, maybe drive two hours to get to the mine site and then be with 5,000 guys and women on an, on an area or an island and uh, and looking after them from a health point of view, from emergency response to general health and wellbeing. So um, my job was pretty full on I still trained then I was getting up sometimes at two thirty in the morning to train um, and running with radios and all these things to, to be on call. Um, I didn't swim. I just mainly rode and ran when I was there. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I probably established myself financially prior to coming into the sport, which I think for me, looking back was a good thing because as we all know, is that um, unless you're the top five percent in the world, you really are struggling to make ends meet, racing um, only and earning prize money. You have to have a backup plan. So um, I was very lucky that 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 time away working and you know doing the right things, um, I was able to come into the sport quite with you know some money behind me. Um, don't get me wrong, I had sponsors before COVID and. Quite some quite lucrative sponsors, and they also helped. Um, but yeah, that's what's got me through the pandemic and back to now is having a backup plan. Um, you know, money behind me, um, and also, um, I think too, being consistent over all the years, I've never had real, real bad races or outcomes for a long period of time. Um, I've generally come home with something, so that usually pays for my trip. So. I've been touched, but I've been very fortunate with my career, how it's panned out, Um, but it hasn't been easy. And yeah, as I said, like looking back, I think the way I've come into the sport has been a good thing, but in the same terms, it would have been nice to be in a 16 year old prodigy and, you know, doing the sport for all your life and being a world champion 20 years later, you know, you're a bit on the back foot if you, if I'm honest, (laughs) but yeah.
2: And tell us a little bit more about living in Thailand. I think you've been there since 2015. Uh, how did you choose Thailand? And is does it feel like home now?
0: Oh, no. Home is where the heart is. Home will always be Australia. Um, I love Thailand as my base and my full-time base. Um, but I, and I love the people. I love the atmosphere. I love the culture. Um, but yeah, I would never call it home. But yeah, I, I, I've been here now for a good period of time and I've um, created um, a great atmosphere for myself and I'm under a great coach, Jürgen Zach, and his team at Z Coaching Phuket. And, uh, yeah, I came here um, pro- when I was working. I was training for Ironman Malaysia and I came to Tanapura and that's how I met Jürgen. Jürgen was training or coaching there and uh, we established contact and I finished – I trained for Ironman Malaysia and I think I finished third and he was there and somehow over that course of the period um, we kept talking after I left Malaysia and was preparing for Kona. And he said, Oh, you know, like you should think about coming to Phuket, you know, 12 months or full-time and having a go at in doing it full-time and seeing what you think. And so, yeah, I bit the bullet and went, all right, okay, I'll stop working and come for 12 months and see what happens and yeah have not looked back really so that's how it's all happened um didn't think it would be like that I never thought I'd be leaving Australia and I don't think anybody thinks of it like that um but yeah here I am can you tell us a little bit more
2: about Tanya Pura and that area and the training facilities there because I've, I've heard of it and I but I've never been there myself
0: yeah so when I first came in here in yeah seven years ago, whatever it was, Tanapura was quite big and had quite a good triathlon scene. Um, unfortunately now, I would say it's it has dropped off a fair bit and they're, they're sort of looking at other avenues um, within their program because I have a school linked with it and um, a health and wellness sort of program. Um, Not to say that it's still there and it's a great facility and it's world-class, but since Jürgen has left and and created his own business, um, about 10 kilometres away we are, Um, we now use the local areas for our own training purposes. So we don't actually use Tanapura at all anymore. Um, We're a kilometre from the beach where I live and we use the beach for open water swimming. I have a pool 500 metres walk from me. Um, our meeting points for our bike and our brick sessions is literally 200 meters away from where I live and then we have a track about 20 minutes drive and we run in the area um, for other sessions whether it's hill repeats or flat road sessions or whatever Um, so everything's here Um, the roads are great we've got some great facilities um, off the island as well so when we go riding we we generally go off the island because it's a little bit busy, but the roads getting off the island are great. And um, they're the best roads in the world for riding. Um, we don't have a lot of hills, I guess, or mountain passes, if you like to call it. But as far as heat and wind and um, rolling terrain and safety, there's no road rage. Um, everyone's quite accommodating and we call it tie time um everyone's just laid back and they can sit behind you and watch you ride if they wanted to because they they've got no worries so you know like there's none of that so we 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 feel pretty comfortable here to be honest it's good
1: that sounds lovely
0: <laughs> yeah. time, I like yeah.
1: <laughs> and so yeah. you're you've been saying we meet you know at this place we we and so like how big is your squad that you're training with out there
0: Well, at the moment, it's uh, the low season here in Phuket. So we don't have a lot of people here, but in staying that on Sunday for our long bike ride, there was 40 riders, but we can get 60. We can get some people along the road that just join in because they just go for a ride. And then we've got other people with us, you know, like um, that's how the the nature of the beach works. Um, In the pool, we can have up to 30 swimmers. and running yeah depending on the season and the day could be 20 to 30 40 people depending on as I said the season and who's here and and whatnot um so yeah we accommodate all athletes from professionals to um age groupers um and beginners um in some respect you know biking is probably the hardest thing for us to manage we have a little bit of restriction there but from a running perspective and swing perspective, we can accommodate most athletes to come and join us. Um, And then we've got elite athletes who are national in Thailand or Malaysia. Um, And then myself as a pro. And yeah, we have other pros that come join us. Michael Raylert's here quite regularly um, with his team. Um, We've had the Norwegians here, being here for a month, joining him for a few sessions. Yeah, so we're quite open and willing to have people join our group. Oh, very nice.
2: Well, Dimini, thank you so much for chatting with us today. It's been really great to to hear from you. Congrats again on that great race in Germany. Enjoy that heat as you prep for Kona. Um yeah, we know you will not be be uh, withering in that heat on the Big <laughs> Island. So, um yeah, have, enjoy the prep and good luck
0: yeah thank you um so will you guys
2: be there in Kona or no um I, if, if I qualify yeah, yeah. I, know, I might I might try to sneak in one more Ironman here in the next um my month. money's on Haley to be there still so yeah. yeah maybe but I just like I just severely overheated in a pool here and it's 51 degrees Fahrenheit outside which I don't even know what that is in Celsius pretty like 18 yeah eight <laughs> yeah. less than that and i'm like oh god i don't think i am cut out for kona but maybe who knows who knows i got some time i got yeah. i gotta find like a sauna or something i mean i'll just look at pictures of thailand and that will be the trip right that
0: works <laughs> yeah, yeah. come to thailand you i said you won't be disappointed right <gasps> it's, now it's hot here so <laughs> you get used to it pretty quickly yeah, yeah i know
2: it's amazing yeah
0: no you guys are most welcome to come you know like I said we're we're very open to having athletes come and join our group and you don't have to have our coach you you just you can follow your own coach's protocols or whatever and then just if a session fits come and join us like swim sessions or whatever just come you know it's um as I said we're very accommodating because it it encourages our our young athletes our ties and our up-and-coming athletes to um you know, who are aspiring to be the next number one tie or whatever to, to see what it's all about. So that's why we encourage people to come. Um, And they love it. You know, we've got some 16, 17 year olds that are just so motivated. Um, And it's, you know, for me to even train with them, it's like, Oh my gosh, they got so much energy, but you know, (laughs) they, they love it. And they love having us around, you know, like they are just in awe of having, you know, profiled athletes. So.
1: it's It's always fun to train with the young guns who don't need a warm-up and we're like okay i'll be ready in 30 more minutes like (laughs) something like that right
0: yeah yeah
1: but thanks again for taking time dimity um we'll let you get back get to sleep actually so that you can have a full day of training i'm sure on tap tomorrow
0: yeah another four hours tomorrow yeah just a normal day for me (laughs) Uh, thanks very much guys appreciate it. it's been really fun
1: Haley, I have to say, Dimity Lee describing the environment in Thailand does have me thinking it could be a good place for some training. Are you, um, what about you? Have you, you haven't been to Thailand either. Should we do a, we talked about a potential for iron woman trip to Mont Blanc. Should we also do an iron woman trip to Phuket or somewhere else in Thailand that has good training?
2: No, (laughs) I don't want to be that hot. like it sounds terrible I am uh enjoying this cold front coming through Bozeman no I actually um I need to get somewhere warmer so I uh stay tuned I might be uh maybe relocating somewhere warmer because I I as much as I am loving September in Montana it is it is probably not the best prep for Kona and Dimity Lee is definitely doing it right being in Thailand um but gosh it's such a trade-off between what feels good in normal life and what is good for your job right
1: (laughs) yeah yeah I agree it's uh but I think uh as long as you're headed somewhere warm then you're doing it right too so we got that
2: okay and I would love I I mean I remember watching some of those uh like you're seeing the videos for like the finish line like challenge Phuket and like it just it looked really cool I mean it just looked like and then they had all those like what is it like the mango sticky rice? It just looked really delicious. Some of their food.
1: Yeah, I think it would be so. definitely a place to experience. Put it, keep it on the bucket list for now. So yeah, we'll I know. And the way the, the way
2: talked about it, it does sound pretty nice. But um, I'm excited to see how she does in Kona. I'll be there, you know,
1: to, to witness it firsthand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll, feel like I'll get to witness it firsthand. Um, I'll be like, she'll be like the one who like. Is like I don't need any ice. I'm I'm cold, <laughs> and I'll be like, give me her ice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, it's oh, we're all we're all doing our best getting ready for this race. But thanks to, to Dimity Lee for being a guest on our show, and again, one to watch in uh, the next couple of weeks for sure.
1: All right, Haley. Well, I will talk to you next week, and I'll have I guess a full plate of stories about adventure U.S. adventure racing. National championships.
2: Good luck, Alyssa. I'll talk to you next week.
1: Bye, Haley. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited by Amelia Perry and produced by Ellen Titian. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, events, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening.